0: Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Brad Mayhort. Brad has a mission to prevent male-on-male violence and end physical bullying. He authored the book, The Peaceful Man, Heal Within Yourself, The Personal Effects and Historical Patterns of Male-on-Male Violence. He has done extensive training and holds certifications in developmental coaching, somatic practices, group facilitation, and transformative change. You can find more about Brad's work and his book at peacefulman.com and all those links will be in the show notes below. So Brad, without further ado, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me here, James, and thank you for that introduction.
0: Ah, oh, it's my pleasure. So what I'll touch upon first, because people might be uh, curious, and um, obviously I am uh, first and foremost. What is somatic practice or practices?
1: Somatic practices are body-based practices, and to be more specific, body awareness practices. So it is becoming aware of the sensations, uh, even very subtle sensations, movements, uh, that are happening in the body and becoming more more sensitive and more aware of those. Probably the most well-known of somatic practices is Feldenkrais. Uh, And even that is a little obscure for many people, but that's probably the most well-known somatic
0: practice. What's the difference between, say, mindfulness, meditation, and somatic practice?
1: I would say that somatic practices could be put into the bucket of mindfulness practices. There are many mindfulness practices that have nothing to do with with somatics however you know if you're just um noticing noticing your thoughts or noticing something outside there's many ways to be mindful and we could say that somatic practices are being mindful of what is happening in the body and that is particular in the body
0: so so when we get to obviously male male crime is is that because for the most part males uh, I'm going to put out a generalist statement now. So sure. if you don't agree with what I'm going to say, it's fine. And people that are listening, it's just it's just my matter of opinion. Do you think because for the most part, males are conditioned to, to just suck it up and, and internalize their feelings, this is where some of the behavior obviously comes about, that because there's no awareness to this pent-up aggression, obviously it comes out in the wrong fashion.
1: So I I would certainly agree with what you said. Um, Males certainly commit the most violence and the most severe violence against everybody, men, women, children. I would take it a step further, though, and say that from my perspective, one of the major reasons that males are more likely to commit, commit violence and commit more severe violence is because they have been victims of violence and, and and experienced violence themselves and so i think we have this this cycle in our society in our world among humanity where it is it's almost considered acceptable in our society for there to be violence especially among boys and you know in our culture we glorify uh, our, our heroes are those who are capable of violence? Even if they're the good guys, they are they're heroes because they're they, they have the capacity to be violent and, and act violence against the bad guys. So there's there's so much violence that is acceptable. That I think a lot of a lot of males who are actually exposed to violence just think it's ordinary, like, oh well, yeah, but it wasn't that severe in the scheme of things. And yet that violence can leave trauma in its wake for for many men. And the way I see it, when a boy or a man has experienced his own boundaries being violated, his own body being disrespected, in a sense, he is then learning to not respect the boundaries or the bodies of other people. And so we end up in this cycle of you know, men have violence perpetrated against them and then they ended up end up perpetrating violence against other people and we end up in this cycle that just propagates across generations that probably goes back centuries if not further than that and that's not to say that all men who are who have been victims of violence will go on to to commit violence that's certainly not the case at all but conversely i don't think there are very many men who commit violence, who have not previously been victims of violence themselves, who have not learned to respond with violence as a result of their experiences.
0: So would you say, Brad, that that maybe makes up why that, we'll use the NFL probably because it's a good example of this, that it probably uh, at least 60% of the, the proportion of the players at that level uh, of African-American heritage, thus maybe will have come from disenfranchised, broken homes. And uh, I'm generalizing because there's, there's, there's going to be outliers with that. But sure. they will have undoubtedly seen crime, be it drug dealing, yeah. mass shootings, etc. that it almost become, because it's almost happening weekly maybe even some cases daily that it be just becomes normality
1: i think that's very possible certainly in the the african-american communities in the united states at the very least there is there you know on on average there tends to be more exposure to violence more severe violence so could that be part of the reason yes i i would say so
0: so why why do you think that from a societal p- p- perspective that we embrace, you know, that ice hockey would be one, one alternative for for the white population, that right. you've got stereotypes of the enforcer. Obviously, in American football, they've changed things with concussion protocols that people can't go headhunting. But in terms of why why do you think that there's those particular sports in particular, the people lap it up is almost like we go back a couple centuries into the past and we're in the Colosseum in Rome. Right.
1: Well, certainly the human capacity and draw to violence, at least as a spectator, uh, is not purely cultural Uh, certainly we do have genetic capacity for violence as men you know our testosterone does give us aggression which very easily can you know can end up being expressed through violence now i think there's many healthy ways of expressing uh that that aggression that comes from testosterone there's all kinds of 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 sports and athletic endeavors that are great ways, healthy ways, uh, positive ways individually and collectively of channeling and expressing that aggression that can come from testosterone or just as humans in general. So I don't see a violence as being inevitable. And certainly that is a way that, that, Aggression can easily be expressed that is you know exciting to us as humans there's there there is something something in that and having uh, I think there's excitement also in taking sides and and cheering for one side, for example. And you know there and certainly, I mean there can't could, while I do have reservations about the the amount of violence in that you know that comes through in sports like football and hockey is to take the couple of exam, examples that you mentioned. I can also acknowledge that uh, those being those being containers and in a sense for people to watch and get excited about can could actually have a Uh, A net, a net positive impact on preventing people from going and getting violent themselves. There is an outlet there to them. Uh, Again, I have reservations about it, and I can also see the benefit of it. It's kind of uh, a a toss up to me, you you might say.
0: Well, it brings out a tribal aspect in in in, yes, more so males because it's going to (laughs) be historically a a a male more so dominated outlet to go to if you use the u.s of the nfl right basketball's somewhat non-contact right. uh the nhl yeah. for maybe the canadians uh soccer for us over here in, in europe right that, there's almost um not almost it's a, de- a definite tribal aspect of if we use maybe southern europe as the ultras of they're fanatical about their sports so thus uh they potentially and and I've uh I was watching a documentary on television I can't remember what what network it was particularly uh about um I think it was Netflix or Amazon mm. about looking at uh, Galatasaray so one of the mm. major teams in in Istanbul and uh they had a semi final and I remember this because obviously this is about two decades ago but I remember um uh, two two lead supporters got stabbed as a result of probably being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, right. I'm not dimi- I'm not dismissing dismiss- they probably didn't deserve to die, uh, but obviously that's probably the bad side of sport when it gets out of hand that people get fanatical about a, a, a typical badge that somebody's wearing that it's not. Uh, there's something more recent happened within disabled sport between, um, I think it was Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. So mm-hmm. literally two sides of the city uh, and their fans will follow their team no matter what sport it is and they clash in the car park mm-hmm. in Germany. So you're thinking, well, I have heard stories of, you know, hooliganism in in, in Britain in the 70s and 80s. I've never experienced it. Because right. li- literally the political establishment come down hard on those people, that it's made it more of a family atmosphere that it does still happen, but as in that's almost untolerated by the wider sense of the sport. So I think right. it's this fanati- fanaticalism that's yeah. embedded into sport that people lose a uh, perspective. And there's a movie to do around. I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York York Giants. I can't remember what the name of the movie. Mm. to To to, that ended up in violence, and those two teams was a hatred. But as in, maybe some people take it a step too far to go into. If we go to history of maybe everybody, most people probably seen the movie Three Hundred of the Spartans. That was their culture of. Right. We we train the kids up from very, very young to become soldiers.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. And I would uh, just to generalize that a, a little bit more, I think that that kind of fanaticism, that that tendency towards violence. Again, the people who are initiating violence for that way, I would bet have experienced violence, have been victims of violence, such that being violent, being so fanatical, uh, in a sense, believing, at least implicitly, that violence isn't is an is an appropriate way to respond you know within themselves they're clearly considering that acceptable in some way they've learned that they've learned somehow that violence is the answer or the way to respond probably by being victims of violence themselves at the hands of peers in school parents etc
0: but how do we get from bullying? Because I think most people, if they were, if they maybe reflect, I ne- I definitely reflected on my life because of the pandemic to kind of go, what I esteemed as probably being picked on was in effect bullying. Yeah. But how do we go from one of that? That's it's obviously not acceptable either to go to maybe more extreme, for, 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 like, more extreme aspects of violence.
1: Yeah, well, I would see that often as being a, a cycle of escalation where, you know, it may start fairly mild and then there's a cycle where it escalates to, to more severe violence. And, you know, and I would say there there can be bullying that is pretty severe as well. And especially when uh, especially when, you know, someone is relatively young and they're experiencing that violence from bullying uh, when, you know, the, the fear and the trauma that can come from bullying, even if it doesn't look, you know, potentially look that severe compared to uh, gun violence and things like that, that trauma, if can still be very severe. And have all of the impacts, such as leading to more violence, leading someone to become, uh, to initiate violence themselves, and, you know, all of the other potential impacts from trauma, anger issues, anxiety, depression, all of these things that can affect people who have been victims or perpetrators of violence, because I do think perpetrating violence is, is traumatizing as well. It does. That also has a, uh, a very negative impact. It can have a very negative impact on men and people. And yeah, I think this is what this, this is the cycle.
0: And you yourself, Brad, have been a victim of of physical bullying mm-hmm. in your adolescence. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: yeah, so where where it started the most severely was uh, when I was going into high school. Uh, My family moved, so I was I was told I didn't I wasn't going into high school with my friends from earlier. I was just totally brand new, Uh, didn't know anybody, and I started to be to getting bullied by a group of boys, all of whom were much larger and stronger than me, and there were four or five of them. And you know, at first it was not really very severe uh, and I, I felt ashamed of it. I actually, it took me a while to even share with my parents what was, you know, what was happening. And, you know, there was some attempt to kind of work with the school administration, the principal to kind of, you know, change things. And basically the response was boys will be boys. There's not much we can do about it, which I think is deeply problematic, but, That's what happened at the time. And I I do think, you know, this was uh, uh, gonna date myself, you know, 35 years ago, this was happening. And I do think that in general, things have gotten a little bit better. Things of bullying has become less acceptable. There's more recognition of the problematic nature of it. And at, at the same time, I think things still have a long ways to go to really be where I would like to see them at least. But anyway, that being said, just with the situation and kind of the bullying escalating, my dad told me the only way that you are going to stop this, at least to make it less severe is to fight back. And he said, you know, even if, even if I lose the fight, I know I'm, if I fight back, I'll no longer be an easy target. And he said, once, you know, just, so you have to just grab one of them and, punch that person, punch that one, turn it into a one-on-one fight. And at first I told my dad, that's crazy. I'll get killed. I, I, I can't do that. But then there was one day at school where I had two, two of these boys were holding each of my legs and they were basically having a tug of war with me. So there were, there were four of them pulling me apart and I didn't know if I was ever going to walk again. I felt kind of a, a, a terror. I thought I was going, I didn't know if I was going to be ripped apart. And that moment really shifted something for me because I was like, you know what, even if I don't fight back, I'm, you know, I'm, I might get killed one day. Like, I, I don't know where the- it, it it's kept escalating. Where is this going to go from here? So I told my dad, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm ready I I'll, I I'll, I'll I'll fight back and he kind of made this uh this little punching bag out of a pillowcase for me and you know nothing very sophisticated but basically just taught me to punch and keep punching so a couple of days later I went to school just you know ready I'm like I was almost just shaking in my body all day cuz this is usually happening after school so knowing what was potentially coming that day after school. And uh, it unfolded very much the way he suggested. Four of them were circling around me. I grabbed one of them and just started punching him. It turned into a one-on-one fight. And much to my amazement, despite him being, you know, I chose the smallest of the four to, to, to get in the fight with, but nonetheless, he was somewhat bigger than me. And to my amazement, I actually won the fight, and that was certainly nowhere near the end of my, you know, exposure to violence or even, uh, even being bullied. However, the bullying was never severe to the extent that it it had been. And in a sense, you know, there was a lot of that I got from this that I would say that I even value today. You know, I learned to do things that really terrify me. I learned to have boundaries. I learned to take care of myself. There's really some valuable lessons from that I took from that that still make me who I am today. And at the same time, I would say I learned from that, that violence is important. Violence is, you know, being capable of violence is necessary to my survival. And I'm going to say that was a lesson that in a sense did lead me into more exposure to violence and would say was not a great learning from it. However, that's, that's what happened. I did learn that from it. And I think that happens to, a lot of boys, you know, some even younger, and some exposed to more severe violence than I was. They really learn that being vi- being capable of violence and willing to use violence themselves is the only way for them to survive, to feel safe and secure. And that's that seems sad to me at this point in my life, but also a reality that um, for many many boys, many men that violence seems like the way to actually be
0: safe and for you specifically brad i appreciate you sharing your your specific story with with my audience was it the typical jocks or 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 what what was what we what were the characteristics of, of your particular bullies
1: I'm actually not sure how I would characterize them. I wouldn't say they were, they were kind of the stereotypical jocks. They were kind of, they were kind of stereotypical tough guys. Uh, I don't know how tough it really, it really makes, makes someone to, uh, for four of them to be bullying someone smaller than all of them. However, that was certainly their, their persona I might say that they were they were they were tough guys they were they were they were mean and
0: well that's the characteristic of anybody, isn't it they're going to pick on the weak um it yeah. it, it is inherently human nature it's inherently nature as a whole to to you won't see any feline pick on something that strong they're going to pick on either the young or the 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 the, the, the decrepit and weak um so as as human beings uh i I know we inherently have a um what's the word i want to use an outlier for prejudice Mm -hmm. i I won't go to any of the other extremes but i i i I can hold my hand up and say i've got prejudices towards certain things but i think where it comes to, to obviously i think most people have of being either the bully or or being bullied themselves at one point in in their life maybe they're not characterizing it as that it might give in the other person uh a, an easy pass because it's like well that oh it's just teasing um your 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 principal and, and headmaster doesn't doesn't help the issue right. by almost saying well Oh, it's character building. It's like four on one is not a fair fight.
1: No, no.
0: If if and, you look- know,
1: and I certainly, I certainly didn't have this perspective when I was when I was thirteen years old when this was happening. But looking back on it now, I I do wonder what had these these few boys who were who were bullying me, what what had they gone through themselves what what bullying had they experienced what domestic violence i i don't know what i don't have any idea what but i imagine now there must have been something to give them this proclivity for wanting to be violent with others to be bullies themselves
0: well it's interesting isn't it? it's it, it's it's perspective and then a, a reflection of, of what, what what's transpired and and I think it's very interesting to go back into into the past and, and to review it from a from a different perspective. Um because I think yep. most people had a lot of time to contemplate and to think over the last two, three years. Right. I, I'm I probably if the world had been going in normal motion, I probably wouldn't have recanted my life as well those aspects that have happened and transpired what what do they look like from a from a new set of how the world's operating today um i probably wouldn't have looked at it and kind of going okay the 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 issue that i find very disturbing and troubling is those people now admire me for what i've achieved thinking well that's weird on so many levels that why why do you think it's socially acceptable to do the things that you did because most people don't know this, but I had a disability, and I probably was tormented because of that. Oh, it's easy pickings. Yeah, James is probably not going to fight back because I've ta- I've been taught, I've, ta- I've been more taught as, you know, the the there's the old saying goes: sticks and stones may break my bones, but net words will never. I said I'm going to use discretion and use my words, but I know through through being maybe maybe more petulant and maybe more aggressive in the sport. In what sense? If it came to blows, obviously it's going to have to come to blows. But be it that I've been in male sport, you soon forget it. It's We've come to blows. We're going to be the best of, best of friends and our best of mates, and we're going to push through. Whereas maybe when it comes into women's sport, there's a lot of grudges still hold, even if they sit down mm-hmm. on the table. So I think that dynamic of... Warfare, but we're willing to have peace because we've we've resolved the issue through through combat. I, I think is probably inha- inherently weird in a sense because you're thinking, well, if you've gone to blows, surely you can't coexist because there's there won't take much to reignite that fuse. then you do it again i've never been in a scenario that's happened that what the people fight again but i've been it's not been me but it's been very fun to watch that people have gone from quite calm to literally i think one team might want to take 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 it outside and have a fight in the car park, thinking it's not that big a deal and they didn't but it was very interesting to kind of see how that escalated very very quickly yeah. But I think it's it's I think as you learn, and you're willing to go into, as you mentioned, the peaceful man, and you having that awareness and foresight to be uh, cognizant about how is my body feeling, what are my thoughts doing. I think you gain a a different adjustment and perspective as well. I could result to violence but could I not resolve this through talking and having a debate? Right. And that's another diplomacy. Um, I'm not saying that's going to win because we're living in a world that you've only got to look at the US and China and the Russian dynamic that is pretty close as Teeter on World War III just because right. they're not willing to sit around the table. And I think both sides are to blame because mm-hmm. they're stoking each other and they're poking. And, and be it, my mother worked for NATO for 30-odd years, so I've got a perspective as uh, the, I probably grew up with the, the, the Russia being the enemy, but there's only going to come a certain point that you poke something enough, that it's gonna come up and swing back so I don't blame the so I think that from a political uh dynamic probably showcases on the world stage as
1: yeah you
0: you you can't expect somebody to be pushed and prod because eventually they're gonna give and kind of going well I've I've warned you I've done it through my words I guess I'm gonna have to fight
1: right and you know, while certainly the the scale of violence that you know happens in war, on the world's you know on the world stage that's happening in Ukraine that has the potential to escalate even further, it's a whole different level and scale of violence compared to you know bullies on the playground mm. or fist fights on the playground. So on one sense, you know it, there's it only goes so far to compare them. However, I do think there's an important comparison to be made there in that I think the process is very similar. There's a lack of respect for lives and bodies and boundaries. and in some sense, you know, um Putin going to war in ukraine uh, that's the that's it there there's something similar in the process to a bully. Uh, hurting someone on the playground it's a lack of respect and it's and most likely I've actually looked for uh, evidence of this and haven't really haven't been able to find anything specific but I would be very willing to bet that Putin has been a victim of a great deal of violence himself that he is carrying trauma and in a sense is Blowing out his trauma on an entire country.
0: I I, I agree with that, bro. Because I watched a documentary on him. In terms of he didn't want to be president or what's the other title he's hold, prime minister. But obviously, power it does some some dangerous things to people because it changes people, and right. he's of that era of the the collapse of the Soviet Union. So. There's probably a lot of trauma that's come as a result that the yeah. the country was broke. Um yeah. so there's probably a lot of hardship with with people, I think about in his twenties, and then he's gone into the KGB. So that's right. The equivalent of CIA, FBI, MI5, MI6 in this country, that yeah. um you, you see it through TV programs that do um, in this country, it's the SAS who dares wins. Right. That there's psychological, I'm going to call it warfare and torture to break somebody. So to do into a spy ring is probably maybe on another degree because they're going to have to do some sort of espionage and, and be it if you were caught behind enemy lines in the cold war, it's probably going to be a lot of, and it's a very embarrassing for,
1: most likely. whoever
0: whoever got caught as well. We can't admit to, that he was behind enemy lines because it it doesn't show us in very good esteem. And I'm going to say it, this probably happened both ways. Um, so the 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 traumatic thingy that he's come to to come into power, is probably from one aspect, uh, from my 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 opinion is maybe he wants to reestablish the USSR of old. Uh, Most of those countries will be, no, not on our Ukraine, no, the the, uh, the Baltic countries, uh, that's one of the reasons they all went into NATO is we want some security that if they do encroach, it invokes Article 5, and Article 5 is very dangerous because literally, well there was a missile that went into Poland. So technically we should already be in world war three. Um, even though it was an accident, uh, right. but it only takes somebody to, to do a mishap for, for things like that from a political standpoint to escalate very, very, okay. and we're talking about pretty much. Well, my uncle is in his nineties He fought in world war two. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that, that most of the, those, uh, those later gen, most of them are not a no longer alive. But as in, that's one of the reasons they fought or for for things that they believed in, and one of them was be it freedom, which is a boundary uh, that that you mentioned, Brad. So they would probably turn in their grave. The people, of World War One, the Great War. Why, why? I, 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 don't, I don't think humans are ever be totally satisfied without having some sort of warfare because we seem to be very chaotic in terms of we're not happy with peace we want turbulence we want to what i would call self-sabotage oh let 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 me let me not bask in in my success let's call my own downfall so some of these things of are are on a Magnitude far greater than the, than the obviously the 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 play, the the schoolyard, but it's on mm-hmm. probably you can probably I don't know, we'll be generous and say a thousand x times it, but probably be even bigger than that. But the probably. the the rel- relatability is very similar because for whatever reason, to save their own bacon some people are not willing to sit around the table it's like well put your ego to one side and maybe be a little bit peaceful because well you could call China's infamous of being called a sleeping giant
1: right right and you know that that does bring bring me to the importance of men doing their healing work, which is, you know, the, the, the purpose of my book is to invite men to do that and at least give them a start in that direction such that when things happen, that violence isn't the go-to that there is, there's, if, if people have done their healing work and have more peacefulness within themselves, there's more choices there. And I would also say for every for every choice that's found to take a path other than violence that that avoided act act of violence that that prevention of violence can have cascading effects so that rather than having cycles of violence being propagated, it we can actually create uh, create waves and cycles of peacefulness if we if men do their healing work this is you know i think for preventing violence at least reducing if not preventing violence against everyone men women and children men doing their healing work is such an important part of that and you know we talked about somatic practices at the beginning that certainly is a potent way of doing healing work but also just sharing you know working with some kind of listening professional sharing stories talking about what we've gone through uh is th- th- extremely valuable in 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 the healing process and not only does it, it does it prevent more violence and can uh impact uh other other people reducing the violence it can improve relationships and and, and as a result of trauma, which I think so many men have experienced, perhaps without even realizing it, there can be depression and anxiety and anger issues. And so doing the healing work can benefit all of that, all of those types of issues as well. Like really can uh, have positive impacts on men's individual lives as well. So I think there's so much importance and so much potential, so much richness in men doing their healing work. And I also say a lot of men. It's not something that in our culture that a lot of men are drawn to. Certainly, I think more and more are being drawn to it. But it's almost considered, I think, in some in in many circles, is it's not it's not manly or it's not masculine to really do healing work and to acknowledge the trauma that we've had.
0: Yeah, but as in how I explain to people. It's better to talk about it than be an yeah. internal pressure cooker. Because Absolutely. I've had a I've had a mental breakdown. I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that and, and to share that. But in terms of yeah. my body, would give me warning signs probably for a long time. In because I wasn't happy. I was right. I, I'd I, I I'd retired from sport probably prematurely. Um, but I made mm-hmm. that choice to 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 to. Um, leave stage right as i put it as in go off go off stage and the curtain close but not come out for the applause uh that was my choice and and, and i and i very much honor that and kind of respect that decision that I, I didn't then because it's like well why am i not getting the applause that everybody else is getting so i'm going into resentment yeah. um, to, to others as well mm. well i sacrificed this why why am i not getting the, the reward that I did des- and I, and I became a shell of myself and I'm, mm. I'm not ashamed to admit that but in in terms I became a very very you mentioned depression I didn't I didn't want to practice I didn't want to go to training I, I I was like well and I obviously stepped down a level but I was like well I'm not getting the recognition requis- that I des- deem I deserve wrongly placed as in i was getting what i was de- deserving of it uh because i wasn't willing to put in extra work but family could see that it's like well you're not even doing things that you enjoy right so we've got so we've got an issue of because of living to that well, i'll call it an archetype it's 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 an old-fashioned uh taboo of Oh, you need to man up. You need to have grow, have a grow a pair of balls. It's like, well, oh, oh, okay, yeah, but we're talking generational. Yeah, at some point, this is gonna have to change in terms of, okay, we're in a world that gender gender is all over the place now, so. Right. I'm going to trade very carefully with what I say now. But in terms of that, it's a mishmash in terms of, well, men are almost can't be mad. Madly. And, and I think jo- Jordan Peter's echoed what you've said today in terms of men need to be capable of violence, but they have to be able to contain it. Yeah, uh, And that's obviously one of the uh, I found very powerful. It's like, well, there's nothing wrong with exhibiting violence, but you need to be able to Contain it within measure, which is probably something that uh, the Chinese probably would do very well. From a form of, you know, Tai Chi martial arts is not a an aggressive discipline; it's right. self defense. So you're only supposed to use it. And I did karate and, and taekwondo when I was younger. One of the things I was instinctively, and I've never forgot it twenty odd years later. You do not use this in the playground. You do not use this outside of the dojo. I wouldn't dare to do it. I might say, could probably kick at me as like messing around, but I wouldn't obviously go on the on the offensive. But I think because of not being able to maybe be open with some so, some of these issues of anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. how you're going to be viewed uh, from a, an outside perspective as. I think the more that I've learned, through 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 coaching and and obviously learning as a whole, you're never gonna you're never gonna make everybody completely satisfied with you. So at the end of the day, the most important person that you're content with is yourself. So showing yourself some sort of self love that could be exercise related, it could be diet, it could be. This is probably the most difficult, but as in the mindset p- picture of being aware of your your thought patterns your behaviors as a result of what you're thinking this is more difficult but having but having the awareness to be maybe be going okay and it definitely helps when you're speaking with somebody else because they'll bring it into check because i had a peer um this afternoon he shared um certain things about it very very negative towards himself like you do realize there are a lot that there's a lot of positive going why are you so negative towards yourself? Because if that was directed towards you or I, we'd have a problem with it as, "Hey, I'm taking offense that you're being so negative towards me." Whereas, I I believe it doesn't matter male or female, this issue of negative self talk is is very very difficult because we don't think we don't think twice in terms of, "Oh, I've had this thought." If it's positive, obviously that doesn't matter. If it's negative, it escalates very, very quickly. Um, yeah. And I was watching a a, a, a post by Dion Sanders uh, yesterday, of, of talking to his players at the University of Colorado. I have a bad moment, I have a bad minute, I have a bad hour, but I do not have a bad day. But if people don't have this self awareness, mm. this is pumped up aggression. So yeah. if, if, for whatever reason, you you maybe pissed me off, Brad. If I let this escalate into, heaven forbid, a year's time I've still got the same emotional attachment to whatever you've said to me, there's an issue that I've got going on that I need to resolve because sure and doubtfully you would have long forgotten that a year from now. Unless I bring it up, mm-hmm. that you can walk away. So, i've I've done a lot of digging personally to kind of, go, well, why why are certain circumstances making you respond in a certain way? And I've I've chatted to a uh, my aunt over the over the phone recently. She was like, "Oh, I'm being reactive." So i was trying to not coach a family member was very very awkward, but it's like, well. Why do you feel that you're you're reactive? You're a very well educated person, you've got multiple degrees. Why are you not being proactive? And 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 when these things are maybe stressing you out, you're rationalizing them and being more logical. Which obviously, as human beings, we don't always do that. We we go with emotion and kind of ride that bad boy out. And and generally speaking, it would be the negative ones. Anger, sadness, frustration duh, duh, duh. and less then obviously anxiety and things that will come under that as well, and then people would wonder, well, how have I got here like it's not happened overnight, and because if you're not you're not and I'm, and this is obviously skills set I've built and i've i've've yeah. I've been to be able to make it more resolute and stronger because I make this probably look easy to kind of go well, okay. But I've got people pushing buttons to kinda of go, well, what's what's maybe scaring you to venture into that behaviour? Of yeah. nobody wants to put open Tandora's box. But we're gonna have you're gonna have to do it sometime because right. and this is obviously Jordan Peterson as well. He said that our DNA and our adversity obviously on untapped potential. That's exciting when I hear that. It's like, oh God, yeah. that's, if that's possible. Everybody should face things that they don't feel comfortable about doing. Cause it's going to be, you maybe be able to mold a person that, gosh, the, the, right. the, the, the aspect of that is, gosh, 10, my, uh, people can't see my hand, but as in it's, it's tenfold, uh, let alone, but I think coming back to the point with with the depression, with me, I think the blessing in disguise was my podcast mm. because I sat down on a, on a and this is with uh, Brett McCabe, who's a sports psychologist in the U.S. and that's worked with the University of Alabama's football team. And literally, I went down the list of if this person and if people go listen to it, I'll I'll link this in the show notes for from this episode for people to go listen if they want to. And I did it third person. If this person did this, can they expect to do that? And if you listen to my tonality, people should be able to tell I'm talking about myself. If I'm expecting to do this, can I expect to do that? I know know he probably did. It's like, yeah, James, you're talking about yourself, but you won't up to the I. I do this. Whereas I would do that now in terms of... And I get my clients, especially, I'm not going to allow you to have we because it's that responsibility is not mine but for your uh particular circumstance that you're having trouble with you need to own it and then by owning it obviously then you can be able to deal deal with it at a greater uh magnitude because it's yours and you're gonna go well, i've got how do we resolve it yeah okay great question but I think as human beings, we use the us or we as the way out to kind of go, well, if I'm a part of a collective, I don't have to own responsibility to the things like, well, that's an easy way to, mm-hmm. to clear fire, not actually resolve what you've got going on because you're not willing to own, own that responsibility. And that's obviously a form of respect because you're willing to kind of go, I don't like where I'm at, Mm -hmm. but some of that responsibly lays at my feet. Right. And that's something that I worked on greatly in terms of if heaven forbid, Brad, you annoyed me and I've backwards engineered it as what have I done? Mm -hmm. There might be nothing there, but as in what have I done for me to get to this emotional state that I'm now exhibiting towards you? And I think that was, of somebody, I think somebody pinpointed, well, why, why do you seem to... uh This is a form of aggression, because I used to like confrontation, like loads, mm-hmm. uh, and more so from the virtual sense, it's, it's not as bad, but as in people were like, well, why do you deliberately try to cause confrontation? Mm. I probably still can't answer that question, but... <laughs> I've gone back to kind of go, well, that's a form of aggression
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: to, 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 to now I can coach people. Well, if you, pers- cause I had one client specifically, they didn't want confrontation. I said, that's not confrontation. You don't want to make them feel awkward. That's not the same thing. If, if, if they perceive that, if you perceive that you're being excluded, you need to talk about that because it's like, okay, why, why, why inherently, I'm gonna try and use my words verbatim from the conversation. But why why do you feel I can't do certain things da, 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 and you can work through that? That's diplomacy. That's not confrontation. What I was doing to to do in conversations of literally, I know what I'm gonna do is gonna turn out wrong, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it anyway. Which obviously is bit it's a bit, it's not, it's not physical, but as in it's still not very wise to why would you deliberately cause chaos other than the fact that i like i like i do like a little bit of chaos from now on to, and i think everybody does that's why people like boxing they like ufc uh they 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 potentially wouldn't want to get in the ring or the octagon themselves but a hey, two two grown men beating the living daylights out of each other it might make me be able to feel good about my 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 life or my existence at that particular point but there lies the problem that most individuals that probably don't even listen to this show would just be skating through life as in the the discontent with their life maybe being mediocrity whereas if you're willing to go beyond those things that you're going to look into well, let me have a greater understanding of my habits, my behaviors. Why am I doing certain things? Where do they come from? Because I think yeah. we, you mentioned at the top of the episode, I, and I've seen a, I I seen ai can not remember the lady in question, she talked about childhood traumatic experiencing. Yeah. Uh, what, that's what obviously I don't hold, is we're reliving that through, and we've got no awareness of what, what the actual trigger was. Thinking so many levels but that for me as a coach i myself are willing to subjugate myself and put myself into those difficult positions Could people like well you're vulnerable yeah but that's the stuff that i'm willing to share if i'm not unwilling to share it you won't know about it um that's something that i've obviously worked through but all the other stuff behind the scenes i might be working with my coach my peers to kind of unravel that as And I I think in a group dynamic, it helps because you've got uh, a different perspective from somebody else, but it might be relatable. I'm thinking, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I can relate to that as what, what, why do I have a feeling towards that? That's similar to, and we've got no, the upbringing is completely different, but I've got similar values and, and, uh, specific ethics towards that particular viewpoint but I think that obviously comes back to to your initial point about the, the trauma um, but I wouldn't say violence is always the, the I don't think I've ever other than messing, messing around but that was to show off to a girl that's probably the only time I've been in a fight but that was still it was more of a play fight But I wouldn't choose to do... that. I know I probably could if I had to because inherently that is historically what a man's job is, is a protector. So you need to be able to step into those shoes but also having the, the foresight as, well, if I can use my words to get me out of the same predicament, let me maybe use those instead,
1: yeah, and you know the I think many men's you know you talk about the protect the kind of traditional protector role and I think a lot of men they see being vulnerable you know talking with people and about their issues doing healing work as being weak and I see it just the opposite way. I, from my perspective, uh, you know, talking about what's coming up for you, being vulnerable, doing the healing work, taking responsibility in the ways you're talking about. I think that's the most courageous, and in a sense, could say masculine thing that a man can do at mm-hmm. this point in time is to actually. It's it, it's no longer. Uh, You know, just just being the protector, bottling everything, bottling all of the emotions inside and being tough. There's I don't see very much redeeming qualities in that. In a sense, it was perhaps appropriate and worked in the past. But today, what really is courageous and what what the world needs men to do. Is to really engage in the ways that they that you were you were talking about that that you have done and that you coach people to do.
0: Well, I think I think, and this is obviously somebody else that said this, but this aspect of being you know de- 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 uh, I can't get the word out demasculating of oneself because they don't follow you know the the generic stereotypes of old in terms of you know being the project the project uh, pr- protector not project the protector. Uh, to the provider in terms of well, I think obviously the landscape has changed because there's this this thing called equality in terms of what well, women are independent that right. they want they they can physiologically can't protect themselves. But as in there are women that are stronger than men. I'm not going to say that doesn't exist. Sure. But in terms of the, the 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 true definition of the what is old school as that's one of the characteristics that women are going to look for is is can the can the male uh, counterpart keep me safe and i think this is where it probably gets blurred in terms of well i can't provide for my family i'm I no know. longer a male and i feel demas- dem- demasculated so it's interesting when when that person obviously put that to the so i have said a little bit of thinking today in terms of well what are things that people said to me? I did have somebody say say that I was weak. I was like, mm, okay. And I and I, this is from a female counterpart, so I I, I was very very angry with that uh, about a year or so ago. Because like, well, what 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 do, what do you mean by weak? Because I was willing to share more so than than maybe other males. Mm-hmm. Is it? I I'm obviously put the flash in the pan because without speaking to the individual I'm not quite sure from a disabled point of view I wouldn't call myself weak because I've done a a lot of things from a from a mental perspective and also a physical standpoint to kind of go above the of the odds so I think the two together is very interesting because I felt a little bit demasculated last year when that was said to me because like well you don't want to, you probably would take it on the chin from a male, as if you said to me, "Oh, James, you're weak." Mm-hmm. Okay, Brad, I'm gonna. Well, let's see if it was a sporting contest or a fight or something. Okay, let me prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think when it's obviously from a fe- female counterpart, it, it hurts because it's like, well, what aspect of my being and my soul do you de- 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 deem to be that so obviously it was a very good motivating tool that's for sure uh, to kind of go well, okay this person said this let me prove them wrong um, and it's probably the very first thing for a very long time i've kind of stepped up to the plate and kind of gone well this could be a motivator for you you don't like it and it's probably the first time i brought it up in probably months mm-hmm. but i think by listening to somebody else to feel demasculated de- 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 I think it's a perspective because you are gonna to resort to violence because you feel that you are being threatened or challenged. Obviously you can't have physical violence against women because I've been brought up better than that. Um but in terms of if that's challenging your your identity at that particular moment of if we go back to obviously your story of your bullies, if that's the bread and butter of their identity called va- their value system of I'm the tough guy and I turn around, you're weak. That literally ma- destroys their ecosystem. So I think that, that awareness that you, you, you bring in like that, having that peaceful man, you'd be able to be, well, let me contemplate at what level they're coming in.
1: Yeah. Right. But
0: right. well, I think that's the interesting the, the, the dialogue of we're almost living, in the, well, we are living in the 21st century, but living maybe with 19th century values, maybe 18th century values of what is what is a provider, what is a protector, what is X, Y, Z. So you're thinking, well, from a genetical standpoint, the brain is still living as a caveman in terms of fight or flight and obviously we've got the freeze one as well now, but in terms of I think people maybe take that one out of context in terms of the flight aspect is standing your ground, not that you don't have to go and confront something uh to 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 obviously do that. the other two are. Maybe a little bit more submissive,
1: yeah.
0: But if I use, I'm going to use a war reference from World War Two of Dunkirk. The French don't like the British because they said we re, we retreated, we retreated, and people might as like, well, we came back and fought another day, which is a moral of the story of if you can't win the the battle, you at least win the war. So you come, you come back. <laughs> stronger as a result of a defeat so um this is i'm going to use this one in in this episode uh, that i saw on social media good two l's make a w if you put them side by side i was like Mm. you would never think of that but as it but i think it was losing learn win wisdom i'm I'm taking out of context a little bit but It doesn't necessarily have to be violence as a result of it. American football, uh, I've had the fortune to speak to, to athletes that have literally changed their demeanor. I need to get myself angry all week so I can turn up on, at that particular time, on a Saturday for the University of Southern California, to be... And what scared me the most was he said he would not. It didn't matter if it was a teammate, mm. but that's obviously rage. But you need some sort of characteristic change. So I think if you speak speak to I I do it because I still do it now that I've become a different person because inherently. Um, I'm too'm I'm, I'm not too nice but as in I'm 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 nice off the court but as in I I turn into something else because that's what it, it needs to be to to be successful in that one but and then obviously become more peaceful that I'm a, a valuable member of society so I, I think from what you you shared today Brad it's working on oneself yeah and because it I think I think you never a finished product anyway, but but by agreed willing a willingness to heal through traumatic experience, however big, or however, however small you face in life, you right. get a greater sense overall because obviously your relationship with others uh, and probably especially yourself will, will 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 improve as a result and. I think for me it was maybe a little bit easier because I had a make, matriarchal society that brought me up. So my mother, my aunt, to my grandmother, mm-hmm. a big proponent of my life. So I was maybe maybe the unconventional, unconditioned um, mm-hmm. uh, male growing up that I could talk about my feelings. And yeah. it was only through becoming an adolescent and going into sport that it's kind of go well. I'm going to be judged differently for mm-hmm. the, which is obviously untrue, but. I, I obviously change and I've had to obviously undo some of that that stuff of kind of go, well, I don't need to turn up to somewhere with a suit of armor or this representation of a, an armor in order to protect myself. Um, and you don't need to seek out flaws in their everybody all the time because in order to, to help the person they've got to be willing to be willing to go to these uncomfortable places so i think through coaching it's given me a sense of well in order to help other people you've got to lay the path in front of them to follow so anything that i've talked about today i probably go on a lighter level with with certain Mm -hmm. clients because it's like well I don't want you to kind of go off the grid with me because I've made it like, oh, we've kind of gone and exploded the brain because they can't process all the information. But be able to kind of go showcase if you're willing to tread this path with me through healing and, and dealing with maybe, you know, relationship with parents, relationship with you name it. I think we've all gone through heartache and and, and struggles along our way be it you know breakups you name it we've all faced rejection but the only person that's gonna show up at the end of it is ourselves so if we can be kinder to 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 us or at least having the foresight and the awareness to kind of when we're going down the negative path as well no i don't mean it in that greater sense of let me park it and separate the two between circumstance and me this was maybe a failure but i will never view myself in in that same thing unless it's gonna obviously teach me as well what 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 is to come out of this horrible experience what 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 are you gonna choose to do you're gonna Wave the proverbial white flag, you're going to get off the canvas. Would you like to add to that, Brad?
1: I don't know that I have much to add to that right now, actually. That maybe just to say you know emphasize again how important I think it is for for well people but in particular men to engage with this type of work
0: yeah do you, do you believe that things are only going to get better as a result of um, we're talking about mental health we're talking about mm-hmm. anxieties I think anxiety is probably not as difficult because I don't think there's as much stigma as the other side of with depression, because it's like, well, if you're depressed, you must be, you don't want to get out of bed and things like that. And uh, there's another stigma comes up like that, that you're, right. you're not able to, to actually give to society, which I think is probably one of the reasons why people, well, I'm not going to admit to having that. Whereas I think anxiety from a, more a, a holistic perspective that you need anxiety because w- you you wouldn't cross the road you wouldn't get in the car you wouldn't do a lot of things because you'd be contemplating well the worst case scenario in every event as well i think the example i use is you wouldn't cross you wouldn't step foot off the pe- off the pavement or the sidewalk because the car might mount the pet it's like these things could happen mm-hmm but what is the likelihood and and um, chances of those things materializing? I'm not, I'm not going to look at the statistic, but probably very very high. Probably I don't know a thousand to one, if not higher than that. That that would, but you need anxiety because there wouldn't be things worthwhile doing otherwise. If you didn't kind of oh, I don't really feel like doing that, but obviously the the, the the, the tool I have my clients do is the, the risk and the reward. Mm, yeah. Let's look at it. And I put a benefit in there as well as well. Okay. What's the risk of you doing this? People listening can do this as well. Uh, from that. But I think you need to look at the risk and the reward as and same with obviously violence as what, what what's, what, what am I trying to get out of this? And is there more, uh, uh a different approach i could take so brad we're coming to the end of the episode and i'm gonna ask you a slightly different question than i would normally do uh, if you got to sit down with any coach dead or alive for that matter who would that be and why
1: So I'm going to any coach.
0: In any in, in, any arena.
1: Any coach in any arena. Well, I'm going to go with someone who I don't think would have identified himself as a coach per se, but I think in many ways falls into that ballpark. And that's uh, his name is Milton Erickson. And he was a... He was actually a hypnotherapist that didn't even, like, tell people he was doing hypnosis with them. He would just, like, listen to people and tell stories and use metaphors. And, um, you know, he's, he's long since passed. But uh, from reading books about him, of people, like, looking at what he did and how he worked, Apparently, he was just a genius in having impacts in people and helping people to solve problems and improve their lives very rapidly, and people didn't even understand what he was doing. So I would uh, love, to be ex- love to have been exposed to him myself and um, would, love to, would love to have learned something from him directly.
0: I appreciate that. And my final question before we go is if you had to summarize what we've spoken about today into one sentence for people to take away, Brad, what would that be?
1: Mm. One sentence. Male on male violence is prevalent and has a lot of very negative impacts on men, on humanity, on society, on our planet. And it's so important for men to do their healing work to improve things for everybody.
0: So, Brad, once again, thanks for coming on the Minds That Athlete podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, James. Enjoy our conversation.
0: It's been my pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hoth, An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute not by some elite status or physical stature anybody can be an athlete